We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. KC Laboratory, sponsored by Emprise Bank. I can't believe I'm saying this. It's a game preview edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. When was the last time you went into a bank? Now more than ever, who you're doing business with is more important than where they're located. Emprise Bank is a trusted business partner that can serve anyone, anywhere, as Emprise Bank, our mem- or our partners in Possible, they are member FDIC. They're absolutely wonderful. They're the best to work with. The best to work with, I'm here as well, uh, are, are my dear pals. First, find them on Twitter at Maddie underscore KCSN. Matthew, hi. Happy game week. It's game preview episode. I'm so excited to be doing this. I know. You lured me in and told me we're about to talk college football and yet here we are um talking no i'm i'm kidding i'm excited to talk about the chiefs versus the cardinals um we are doing this in the middle of the thursday night football opener so you know everybody in chat thank you guys for joining us and while you're here to show our gratitude we will only ask you this one time to hit like comment and subscribe to the youtube channel this is the only time because you're here with us instead of watching the game this is the only time we're gonna ask but if you're here please do it craig would really enjoy it we'll get a smile on his face I would, uh, yes, I will only smile as I see the likes come. No, I can't. I can't hold that. I'm talking to my two beautiful pals about Chiefs football. We are previewing the Chiefs versus the Cardinals coming up on Sunday. Real, actual football. It, I'm, I can't wait. I, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to break it down. I, it, let's do it. Let's party. This is, uh, I've been looking forward to this and thank you to everybody watching. I know we are going up against uh, a football game happening right now. 
you know, you could mute the football game and just, yeah, see, Jason Kane has it right. Listening to you guys while watching Thursday Night Football on mute. Perfect. Go. This is absolutely perfect. Uh, if you don't know how we kind of do this uh, when we do our, our game preview shows, if you're new to the channel, um, we do three storylines on both sides of the football. We do players to watch on both sides of the football, and we will predict uh, the outcome of this football game. And uh, we'll start with the first subject. And here's the thing. I... I'm going to start with the new look passing game. We have uh, we're, we're seeing something that we really haven't haven't seen in its entirety yet because Tyree Kill is out the door, and that means that a lot of things are going to change uh, about this about this passing offense. But Eric Bieniemy kind of alluded a, a little bit to some you know some changes that you know the Cardinals aren't going to completely understand what they're seeing uh, because the, the Chiefs haven't necessarily put that all out on tape. This is new personnel. Obviously, structurally, there are going to be some things that are similar. This team is not completely throwing out how they've done offense in the past. They've had games with Tyreek Hill in the Andy Reid era. But I'm, I think we're going to see some things that we probably haven't seen a lot of necessarily in this offense, Matthew. So I think there's a, I mean, a couple different ways to look at this, right? Like I want to start, I guess, off the rip. This is a game that you don't want to take any game in the NFL for granted. However, the Cardinals in the position that they're in, with the injuries that they're up against, with the mm. unknown level of just I mean, to quickly run through like what you know are we're looking at here. Marcus Golden didn't practice didn't practice on Wednesday, is now limited today. Uh JJ Watt hasn't participated in practice all week. Trayvon Mullen at corner, who they traded for presumably to start for them, hasn't practiced all week. Those are some of the big ones. They have some you know offensive guys that have missed practice too. The Cardinals aren't at full strength. They don't have New Hopkins. Rondale Moore showed up again on the offensive side. Now Zach Ertz isn't practicing. This isn't a team at full strength. So is there going to be gamesmanship? With the Chargers coming to town on Thursday, with Ooh. it being a quick turnaround, are you getting a little college football action where you maybe only give out your B-level game plan, save some in the tank, and you bring it back? So if that's the case... Do the Chiefs just come out and run their same tried and true spread RPO zone heavy stuff because that should be good enough to beat this Cardinals team? Do they just come out, give you what they know, what Andy's run for the past five years in Kansas City, take the quick easy W, even though it might not look as pretty as we're hoping for, but still take a relatively easy win and then hold off some of the new offensive wrinkles for the Chargers game? Like, what do we see? Like, do we think that's even a possibility? that Andy's going to hold some stuff like that back on purpose and just give you another preseason level game plan of relative blandness. I mean, it, it, Maddie's saying it's going to be 21 personnel all game long. Mike Burton's going to be the leading rusher. He's going <laughs> to score four touchdowns. Everybody's going to overreact. It's going to be great. No, I, I could see it. I, I could. Um, I it, <clears throat> There's a part of me, a, a small part of me that wonders how basic we are going to see some concepts, but it's also... It's also one of those that's still going to be very intriguing to me. I know what uh, the basic concepts have looked like under Andy for the past three years. I know the ways that they've used Tyree Kill and how explosive he can be, you know, take a basic slant to the house. I mean, that that's great. It's still intriguing to me, even if they're running some of that basic stuff, to see how it looks with Juju, with Travis Kelsey, with Marquez Valdez-Scantling, with, you know, McCole Hardman, with Sky Moore. Like, there's so many 
fun new pieces. I want to see how they interact with each other. I want to see how they play off of each other. I want to see how they distribute in the passing game, even if it is just basic, which is fine. You know, you're not putting anything on tape that Brandon Staley hasn't seen before. You're just putting it with new players. You can bust out some of the new stuff. You can do some of the other stuff. It can still be very efficient. It can still be very good. And it can still be incredibly intriguing for us to see how those guys work off of each other. There is nobody outside of Travis Kelsey and McCall Hardman that we have seen lined up next to each other in a regular season game in this group. And that is that is so exciting for an Andy Reid offense. It really is just to kind of see how those guys are going to play off of each other. I think it's going to be a little bit of both. And I think if the game script goes the way that the Chiefs are probably hoping now that you're seeing a lot of issues on the defensive side of the football, I mean, just actually across the board for this team, more on that, I'm sure, later. But I think you're going to see, I think you'll see, uh, I think you'll see some new stuff introduced week one, regardless. I know they might try to, you know, keep, I could see them holding some things back if the game script's going the way that they hope for it to go. Uh, but I, I think they're going to pace themselves regardless. Like, and that's something Andy Reid's always been good at. He's been good at. He's had he, he has stuff in his bag to sustain for the course of a season. Um, you know, sometimes there's some rough stretches there. I think Andy's instincts have been pretty good on when to when to put the gas on and when to hold things back a little bit. And I think they will undoubtedly have some things that they have not shown the Chargers in a few days. Um, I know we're already talking about week two, uh, but. I think you're still going to get some introduction of some stuff. I'm curious, you know, I, I'm going to talk more about Juju Smith-Schuster here in a little bit, uh, shocker. But I, you know, I'm curious to see kind of where they line him up, where he moves around the field, and and where they kind of get his targets going too. Because I think he's a guy that you're going to see operating in the middle of the field a lot. Um, but um, I'm kind of kind of just curious structurally how this is going to look, where guys are going to be, you know, playing. Uh, where guys are going to wind up from a distribution standpoint, like Craig's talking about. That's some of the stuff I'm most fascinated by. And I think alignment-wise, we'll definitely see, like we're going to see new stuff, right? They're not going to just take Juju or MVS out there and say, hey, go run the Tyree kill route tree, right? Like that's not going to happen. I just wonder if after your scripted plays, after Andy scripted plays, which I'm sure will include a lot of different stuff, and it always has, but I'm sure that will be where you may be starting to peel back the curtain on what – he foresees this offense being this year. But after that, I just wonder if you don't get out there and they're not kind of like, okay, this Cardinals team isn't on our level. Let's just throw it into coast. Andy Reid has been very well known to throw it into coast early in games, (laughs) even before they're put away. And I think this team's talent, the Chiefs' talent's enough that they could get by. They could get by on the offensive side, literally running curl flat RPO, you know, slants bubble RPOs, inside zone, and score 30 points and win this game comfortably. So I just wonder if that's something that we see and we don't really get too much of a new schematic look at the offense. Yeah, obviously we'll get new players and new spots. How they use them, what they look like is obviously very intriguing. I just was wondering, on you know, in the back of my mind, I wonder if there's not going to be a little bit of gamesmanship going here once we get out of the first 15 because I'm just looking at all these Cardinals injuries. I, I think that's entirely possible. I, and I think that's entirely reasonable expectation. And, Again, like I do think Andy might kind of sit on the football a little bit. He's got pretty good instincts. It's a long season, and he's got a massive game coming up. I'm sure they're going to want to win uh, at home on Thursday night. Lean football. on your yeah. No, we'll get there. <laughs> I'm just excited. I'm re- I'm ready to get to other points. <laughs> oh, you're ready to be let down, Maddie. <laughs> Maddie, uh, just a little behind the scenes, we have a rundown for our game preview episode every week, and we do like our three storylines. We all picked one. 
Maddie tries to make it intentionally complicated uh, for me. Maddie's not these. complicated nah. at all. I think I know exactly what this is. Straightforward. Uh, you go ahead and read this storyline. I think I know what it is. I'm going to be typing it while you are. Uh... So my offensive storyline to watch is, is where's Waldo and his pal? And Waldo is the team captain play caller for the Cardinals defense, Isaiah Simmons, who is apparently playing <laughs> the star position, but also calling the play. So he's playing as an apex defender overhanging a pass rusher, but he's making play calls. That's interesting enough on his own. The next thing is the whole point about Isaiah Simmons moving to the secondary, so to speak, in this position is that it takes him out of the linebacker role. So you remove him from being a linebacker. You put him in the secondary where he's more comfortable, but now you're also asking him to call plays and watch for audibles and adjustments. It just it seems really convoluted to me to do this to a guy who hasn't necessarily been picking the game up at a linebacker level super well so far. So I'm just curious, where is he lining up? How did the Chiefs go about attacking him? And then his pal is Zayvon Collins, and he's just bad. I don't even focus too much on that. He's just their starting, actual starting Mike linebacker. He's been really bad so far in the NFL. So how does Andy Reid, how do the Chiefs attack Isaiah Simmons and making him keep up with motion and formation changes? And is he going to be flexed out wide on Travis Kelsey or Juju Smith-Schuster in the slot? I'll take that matchup all day trying to watch that man turn. Is he going to be the one trying to call out jet sweeps when the formations change? Is Zayvon Collins going to end up trying to cover any of the running backs out of the backfield? Just That's a matchup. Just straight up on either one of those guys that I feel like the Chiefs can manipulate all game long. And I, I don't know what the Cardinals are going to do with those two. It'll be interesting to watch. But I think the Chiefs have a huge advantage there if they just want to go all Kyle Shanahan and literally just put a target on both those guys' backs. I will say... If you are putting Isaiah Simmons in a position where he is more likely to succeed, it is closer to this than it has been how they've used him so far. Uh, you know, uh, they they yes, have absolutely, yeah, yeah. I, I think that this is closer to how how he should have been used all along. That being said, I'm I'm with Maddie. The play calling element, like we we talked a lot about it over the past couple of years. Tyron Matthew, you know, and you know, talked about the the middle linebacker and how they're calling all the plays, and that's why Ben Neiman's on the field. That's why Anthony Hitchens is on the field. A lot of people, why doesn't Tyron Matthew just call the plays? It's stuff like this. It's being out in the slot, having to relay information to the other side of the field, having to get stuff sorted out between the tackles and if you have a guy that's not particularly great between the tackles and a guy that hasn't seen the game super well and then throughout the preseason was not the guy that was playing the mic was not the guy that was calling some of that stuff it's it's kind of a a, a hard left turn that they're taking right before the season here and i get it you know he you spin a high pick on the guy you, you have to put him in a position and try and let him fail i totally and completely understand that it's just Andy Reid is an expert manipulator, especially at the second level. He does so mm. much to try and affix the linebacker's eyes or the safety's eyes or the slot defender's eyes in the place where he doesn't want you to be looking. And that's he, he's so good at that. And he makes young linebackers, young defensive ends, young slot players, really it makes their lives hell. And when you're putting a guy now in that position who's going to be calling the defense on top of maybe struggling to keep up with some of the things that Andy Reid is throwing at him, that's just kind of a little bit of a recipe for a disaster for this Cardinals defense that does have some speed, does have some talent, but if you're constantly playing mentally behind what Andy Reid is putting on the field, it just is so difficult to try and keep up with this Chiefs offense.
Yeah, logical progressions are a thing that Andy builds off of, and sometimes he'll oh. he'll add an extra layer. Like you know, he'll play he'll play off the instincts of players when he wants to play off the instincts of players. So maybe they think you know the build off of a of a fake swing is is an inside screen. He'll have a third he'll have a third option to that. He'll have a third progression to some of those plays, and he does. He puts he puts young linebackers in an absolute blender sometimes it's some of my favorite places to talk about are those just those just additional layers to it a concept that he just continues to build off of and we'll see plenty of those throughout the season fasting to see if we see any of those during uh during the uh you know the first game uh craig you have this next you have this next one I do. You guys are going to let me talk about offense. Wow. This, this is, is weird. Uh, this is new and weird. It's less weird. complicated in the rundown than mine, apparently. <laughs> he actually wrote a tangible sentence. <laughs> mine is trying to figure out if this offensive line is going to keep building from where they were last year. I think we we're all, it, there's no think. We were all exceedingly surprised with how well this offensive line played. We had some hope that they would transition with all the assets that they put into it, but there was it was a very pleasant surprise how well the offensive line played you want to see that next step that sophomore year of these guys playing together you want to see that advancement this is the perfect time to try and get off on the right start if jj watt is missing if you've got marcus golden missing basically you're having to take care of blitzing linebackers zach allen and Lawrence Richard Lawrence. I mean, they, they, these are not guys that are scary from a pass rush perspective. And then these linebackers are not scary from a run defense perspective. Uh, you know, uh, Trey Smith, if he gets his hands on Zayvon Collins, holy cow. It, I mean, it's going to be Pancake City all day long. And so th this is a very clear slanted matchup without jj watt and marcus golden on the field if they're if they're there we're talking a completely different game but without those two guys on the field it is a very very slanted matchup for the chiefs so this is the right one to get started because they got some you know, murderers rows of defensive lines coming up here this is the right one to have to line up and try and get your groove back in an nfl game we talked a little bit before about Andy maybe keeping it a little bit basic, maybe shutting it down a little bit early. Man, I'll tell you what, you want to go to a little more of that downhill running style in the second half and just let this offensive line lean on this depleted Cardinals defensive line in week one. That is the perfect way to help get those guys feet wet, back in the game, back comfortable. They're going to come off of that surging with confidence that they're moving dudes around really controlling the line of scrimmage. That's exactly what you want for this young offensive line trying to build into year two. Yeah. If they can find a way to kind of control the game a little bit, um, you know, I, I think that's running the football is one of the, one of the things that they can potentially do to shorten that game show less, you know, like you said, kind of get that offensive line going. I think the best five that the chiefs had last year is starting this week. I mean, I think the best version of this you know, offensive line last season actually involved Andrew Wiley. Andrew Wiley played well for his stretch. Uh, I will say, wasn't the prettiest preseason for Andrew Wiley. I'm fascinated to see if the carryover from last year is real or if some of the reasonable concerns that you might have from what you've seen to in this preseason are what prevail for him. Uh, because I do think he had a pretty solid season last year, all things considered. 
um, performed well. I, he, what he did last year late is nothing to complain about. And so um, I want to, yeah, I, I think I, I kind of have some focus on him because I think the other four positions are obviously just, just well set and they're, they're good to go. Uh, but yeah, I would like to see this, this team be able to, to run the football a little bit effectively. I think that can go a long way in helping, like we're talking about show less, manage the game a little bit. This could be, you know, it could be really valuable and, you know, get, get, get a look at some of these running backs too. So I think even if JJ Watt and Marcus Golden are able to play at this point in time in their careers, I don't know if I think that front seven is particularly stout either. I think they create a little bit of chaos because you have guys like Watt or Simmons at times and Marcus Golden. And then they had Chandler Jones last like all guys that are capable of making a play on any given play, but I wouldn't say that this run defense is a stout one. I wouldn't say they are a particularly over physical unit or anything like that. So if the Chiefs did want to get downhill, if the Chiefs did want to kind of turn that corner, this would be a great game to build a little bit of momentum for it. And then on the flip side, in pass protection, with the Cardinals losing Chandler Jones to free agency this year, mm-hmm. who are you afraid of? Like, I know Marcus Golden topped into double, tipped into double digit sacks last year, and he has a few times throughout his career. And he's a quality, you know, tertiary kind of pass rusher that just kind of capitalizes when guys are being pushed his way from other rushers. Like, he's a quality pass rusher, but he's not a go to guy. If he's unable to play, or even if he's hampered, at all or he's their number one guy what are you afraid of from this team like they're only going to get pressure by blitzing like that's where it's going to come from now they will do it and joseph mm-hmm. will do that he will throw a lot of blitzes with a lot of zone behind it that's kind of how they've lived but i don't know if the cardinals have a lot to really test the chiefs offensive line so in terms of if the offensive line looks good or great i don't know if it tells me a lot from this game i just don't want to see them look bad at the end of the day i don't want to see them look bad and then I wanted to drive this this point home one more time. Isaiah Simmons can't fit a run, and now you're having <laughs> him call the defensive front, linebacker adjustments. Like, if you want to find success running the ball, the guy calling plays and adjustments can't fit a run on his own, and now he's going to be doing it for everybody else. Like, if you want to run the ball, just run the ball. All right. Players to watch time. On the offensive side of the b- football, who are you watching, Craig? I'm watching I'm watching Noah Gray. Um, I know that's a little bit surprising there. Noah Gray's going to play, obviously, because Andy Reid's going to keep three tight ends on the active roster. We saw plenty of Noah Gray, not just in the preseason, but also in training camp, running a lot of that zone or insert, running a lot of that zone insert leaks, uh, kind of running some play action off of it. We didn't really see it a ton with guys like Jody Fortson, with guys like Travis Kelsey. I mean, we've seen it with Kelsey in the past. Don't get me wrong, but like we we haven't seen it so far in the preseason. The focus seemed to be on Noah Gray running those sorts of routes, running that sort of flash motion, and I like that. You want to get him on the move. That's when he's at his best as a blocker, kind of getting downhill, filling against the linebacker, and we just got done talking about how these linebackers in the run game, not awesome, so get a guy like Noah Gray coming downhill. And then when those guys are trying to attack downhill a little more and trying to shoot a little more, have him leak out in the flat and use that athleticism. So I think we're going to see maybe a little more of him in this game, just you know, because they can lean on the run, get some push, get him a little bit into space. Uh, Jody Fortson games are coming, but I think that you're going to see teams reacting a little bit to how the Chiefs have used Fortson in the preseason and over the last year and try and play off of him a little more, that's going to open some stuff up for other guys. And Noah Gray could be that guy as well. 
So for me, I'm going to go to the wide receiver position. Um, and I'm looking through here at the Cardinals depth chart. And I think Byron Murphy, guy we like coming out, is still kicking into the slot frequently. Byron Murphy is not the epitome of NFL athlete at the cornerback spot. So you want to kick him into the slot and you want to have him trying to cover McCole Hardman or Sky Moore. I'm doing a double. Ken's going to hate me. I'm just picking the athletes that play in the <laughs> slot for the Chiefs here, right? I I don't know if Byron Murphy's a great matchup for those guys. I think yeah. they're faster than him. They're more athletic. I think they could really stress him. I'm assuming Isaiah Simmons is going to have a lot of matchups with Travis Kelsey. They would be crazy. That's literally his goal in the NFL is to go match up with guys like Kelsey. That's the best place for him. So you're going to send him off over there. But when Byron Murphy has to kick into the slot and defend Hardman's speed over the top or Sky Moore's explosiveness underneath, what's that look like? We're talking about, I talked about matchups earlier in targeting linebackers. I think you can really stress Byron Murphy coming out of the slot as well. I don't love the Cardinals cornerback room on the outside either. Don't get me wrong. But I think specifically when you push someone into the slot, you're going to play, the Cardinals are going to play a lot of zone because they will have to blitz to get pressure. I think you could really find some good matchups there using superior athletes at wide receiver attacking guys like Byron Murphy, or if they do have to go into Deontay Thompson as a safety that kicks down or whatever, you know, even Buda Baker, I think you can have the athletic mismatch there. So I'm looking at Harvin. How, how did we get Sky 24 Moore. minutes into this without mentioning the Cardinals best player in Buda Baker? <laughs> we, do the, we do this a lot. <laughs> this happens like three times a year, maybe more. <laughs> this this is true. Aaron I, Donald, am I right? I want to mention Buda Baker. Ball skills, questionable. Attack him by throwing the ball. Don't let him just play yeah. downhill versus the run. That's where he's really good. No, I just yeah. I think it's the slot wide receiver, you know, versus whoever they're gonna kick down in there across from Travis Kelsey. I think you're gonna have a little bit of a mismatch. So I'm interested to see what it is. Is it Hardman? Is it Sky Moore? Is it a split? Does somebody else kick in there? So, like that's where my eyes I think are gonna be for a specific player. I heard you say receiver and my heart sunk for or my heart dropped for a little bit because I was really excited to talk about Juju Smith Schuster. I even teased that I was gonna do it later and you were still gonna try to steal it from me out of feeling. <laughs> um I'm going with Juju because I think this is a guy that you know I think everybody's really excited to see. Like I there's expectations, there's real expectations for this guy. I think we all think if he stays healthy, he's gonna have a season well beyond structurally what his contract contract is. I really love the idea of him getting some opportunities, some targets inside the hashes on third down. This is an area where I think the Chiefs struggled at times with some of the drops, some of the inconsistencies, routes being run poorly along the inside of the in the middle of the field. I think Juju is a, a direct, um, you know, call to to kind of alleviate some of those issues. I think he's a guy that can wind up in the slot at sometimes, especially in those third downs in condensed formations at at minimum. I think he's going to do a lot of good operating in the middle of the field. I think he can X, and I think he can do just about anything you want him to do. But I think he's going to be a go-to guy. I think he's going to be a guy that the Chiefs are going to try to get opportunities in the middle of the field the same way that they do with Travis Kelsey, uh, especially in some of those money downs. I'm excited to see utilization of Juju Smith-Schuster as much as I am performance, but I have a lot of belief that he will be uh, the king uh, of the offensive pass catchers this week. Speaking of king, the wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is officially live in Kansas just in time for football season. That means betting legally on same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, and more anytime and anywhere across the Sunflower State. To celebrate, DraftKings is giving new Kansas customers a can't-miss offer. Bet $5 on anything and get $200 in free bets instantly. Yes, just bet 
$5 on anything and get $200 in free bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. That's code KCSN only at DraftKingsSportsbook.com or DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. 21 and older. Physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash Kansas on behalf of Boot Hill Resort and Casino. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Craig. Ears perked, I'm sure. Defensive mm. side of the football. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. I, I mean, we're all excited to see how the offensive new pieces are going to fit together. Man, this defense has even more new pieces that we get to see. I am so excited to see how the secondary is going to play. I am so excited to see how Nick Bolton is going to call things from the mic. I'm so excited to see the new look defensive line, see how guys like George Karloftis, Carlos Dunlap, how they look in the rotation. There is so much new here. And while we just got done talking about how Andy Reid might shelve some of his stuff and try not to put too much on tape, Steve Spagnolo does not know how to do that. My man was running cover zero in the preseason. So like he he's just going to do what he's going to do. So I'm anxious to see how these new pieces fit in the actual scheme for a game-planned game. A lot of that preseason stuff, you're just lining up, you're trying to get guys' looks and various looks and things like that. It's not necessarily reacting to what the offense is doing. You're just trying to see how guys look in specific things at that point in time. Now, polar opposite of that, you are reacting to what the offense is doing. You are having to shift coverages. You are having to communicate on the back end, and you're having to make sure that everybody can communicate. Everybody knows where things are going. You're having to make sure the front can shift properly. You're having to make sure you fit the run up front. That's a guy like Nick Bolton, who did that a little bit last year and looked great doing it. Does he look better? Is this? Did we see the best of him last year? Willie Gay has looked phenomenal in the preseason. Is he going to be able to be able to set free next to Nick Bolton a little bit better inside this scheme or having these you know safeties and corners that can come downhill and fill can he be a little more risky in pursuit there are so many new pieces that all have to fit together that will change the scheme 
drastically for Steve Spagnuolo. This is not going to be the same thing that we have seen the last three years, regardless of how good it looked at times. It's not going to be that. So I am so excited to get them on the field, get the young pieces, see the growing pains. I, I have you know no high expectations for how this is going to look. I just want to see the types of schematic things that Spagnuolo is going to do to make these new pieces fit together. Yeah, the new pieces, how they all fit, what it's going to look like is going to be fun. I'm a lot more excited for it in like week nine when, when it maybe starts that fit together a little bit better. Like I'm, I'm a little nervous on how it's going to look in week one. I really am. I think, no, they did not run a super bland defense in the preseason, but it also wasn't crazy for Steve Spagnuolo. It was very bland for Steve Spagnuolo. Like, yeah, there was cover zero. Yeah, sure. there was some invert coverage. But these were like still like day two installs for Spagnolo based on how they look. There wasn't a lot of super late post snap adjustments and things. Like, just what does it look like when things are flying and offenses are getting into their real stuff? Obviously, they have been playing you know, the Chiefs offense. They have seen a lot. But what's it look like now when the real game starts? There's a lot of new pieces. For me, I want to see who's going to be the playmakers on this defense. I think this defense. You can look at it, and I can point to a lot of guys I think will be solid to good players that will do their job and they'll do it well. I think the issue for the Chiefs the last couple of years is whether they have or haven't had those guys, you can argue either way. The playmakers haven't shown up as often as I think you kind of needed to. Chris Jones has not been a consistent force every game making massive plays. Tyron Matthew was great two years ago. Last year, not as much, right? And you, I think you can see the defense struggle with that. So where are the playmakers coming from? Is Willie Gay ready to make that step and become this dominant, you know, pass coverage, space playing linebacker? Is Justin Reed going to be able to maintain that leadership role, plus get these young guys in line and still play freely enough to be a consistent playmaker? So who's coming up? Who's the guy that is going to not be the best player, just the guy that is going to make the most plays and when they matter? It's week one. We won't get that final answer. I'm just interested in who it's going to be. Is it going to be, you know, one of the defensive linemen? So like, that's where I have my eyes in terms of the new guys and how they all kind of fit in. I, and I, I think you guys are so, so right. Like this is going to be, this isn't going to be the cleanest operation from jump street. This is not going to be the prettiest. And honestly think like, I, I feel going into this season, I wanted to talk about this is probably the great a great place to do. I, I I have a different feeling about this team. The standards and the criticism, I think, are going to be a little bit different for me. The critiques are going to be a little bit different for me this year because I do kind of have some level of, of patience with what this group is putting on the field that I may not have had with different versions of this team. If you're going to bank on Anthony Hitchens, I'm going to have some expectation there a little different than than, you know, than Leo Chanel having to see the field a lot more now. I know those aren't direct correlations, but you kind of, you get my point. I'm just, I, there's more rookies being relied on uh, this year. And so I kind of just have some level of, of, I don't know if grace is the right word, but I'm more just fascinated in the experiment than I am anything. I think they're still going to win a lot of football games. I'm when I, when it comes to the new pieces fitting together this week, week one, I'm curious to see who, Steve Spagnolo trusts right off the bat. Speaking of Leo Chanel, that's probably why I was top of my head. I want to see what Leo Chanel is like. I know he was on the he was number one on the depth chart right now. That's because Elijah Lee's not on technically on the 53-man roster, and he's about to be. I mean, Dave Tobal, but admitted it. He, he called <laughs> Dave Tobe called Elijah Lee like basically one of the leaders <laughs> on special teams. And then he's like, 
well, if we call him up, I guess. <laughs> like, okay, okay, Uncle Dave. So I, I, I don't know. I'm curious to see what what rookies earn the trust immediately when it comes to some of these pieces. I think containing containing Kyler Murray's probably one of the big one of the big storylines as well, Matthew or Craig. I'm Craig. You go. Me go. This is yeah. Maddie's talking point. I'm gonna let the man have his Fine. talking point. Go off, King. <laughs> so, no DeAndre Hopkins, Rondale Moore hurt hamstring issue. Got to get an MRI. What's he gonna look like? You remove those two wide receivers, and the Oof. Cardinals are gonna be looking at Hollywood Brown, AJ Green, Andy Isabella, and Greg Dortch as their receiving options. Zach Ertz at tight end is hurt. He's backed up. I think they have uh, Trey McBride is there as one of their backups. Like, I think Trey McBride talking, might be hurt too. So we're not talking about a great receiving room, right? This Cardinals re- receiving room is not going to be looking great. Even if Rondale Moore is able to play, he might still be hampered. It's like, this is not going to look great. The only way they're going to have a super functioning offense is if Kyler Murray goes crazy. And if you ever watch a game where Kylie, Kyler Murray goes off and has a wild game, it's running around. It's getting out of the pocket. It's making plays with his legs and his arm, but like he's not doing it by just consistently dropping back and throwing on time. And when you're trying to complete timing passes to Greg Dorch over the middle of the field in an NFL field, you're fighting an uphill battle at minimum, right? So for the Chiefs, it is important to get pressure. It is important to get after Kyler Murray because he will make mistakes. He will throw some YOLO balls, but it's equally important to stay in your rush lanes, to not let him get outside of you because He's not quite Lamar Jackson, but he moves pretty darn well. So if you are just even slightly out of your gap or slightly off balance and not ready, he's getting away and he can turn that into a 40-yard run at any point in time. So I think it's just going to be important that the Chiefs kind of play this one. Spagnuolo plays this one like they do when they play the when they play the uh, Ravens. You got to you know mush rush. Your ends can't get too far upfield. Guys can't crash without somebody looping over the top. You just have to be very aware of where he is because I think the fastest way to let the Cardinals offense win is let Kyler Murray run and not throw to and make him. You want him to throw to these receivers, not get out in open space and just start doing things with his legs. Yeah, I, I appreciate that you're getting ahead of that before you know we inevitably have to answer questions about oh, why wouldn't the pass rush anywhere near it? You know, they might be solidifying. They probably couldn't rushing. see him. He's so low to the ground. <laughs> No, I mean, did you like, guys? I'm sorry. Yeah, did go you ahead. Guys see the, <laughs> did you guys see the teaser for um, Hard Knocks in season with Kyler walking out of the <laughs> out of the facility onto the practice field? No, this it was like a silhouette almost, and it looked like it looked like a small child. I'm sorry, it really did. <laughs> it really Is it just did. like a Chucky doll, just. It was it. It was not the most glamorous look. Oh, the disrespect. The <laughs> disrespect sorry. going on for Kyler right now. No, it, you got to contain him because that's without those weapons, he is going to ch- he's going to pull the ball down and he's going to run. I, I, I think we're going to see a lot of that. We're going to see a lot of scrambling. And so, yeah, it, have Willie Gay be the spy on him. Have have somebody kind of controlling that area of the field and say, listen, we're. Don't be sitting here trying to blitz. Don't be shooting into the backfield. Just mirror him. Try and keep him, you know, 
make him bounce, make him bounce to the sideline, make him have to do stuff in open field. He could embarrass you in open field still, but at least make him have to put his foot in the ground, stop his momentum, and allow the defense to rally and catch up there. That's what they've done with Lamar. And Steve Spagnuolo has done a really good job of containing Lamar Jackson throughout his time there, whereas a lot of defense have struggled with that. Spagnuolo has been able to contain guys like that now that you don't have to worry about new copy. You don't potentially have to worry about Rondell Moore. You don't have some of the same receiving threats in Zach Ertz anymore. Like, this is, it gets pretty scary for the Cardinals offense to have to put the ball in the hands of some of these guys to try and take games over. And that's probably not going to happen. And it could be that Kyler doesn't trust that to happen. So what's the first thing he's going to do? He's going to try and break contain. He's going to try and get outside the pocket. He's going to try and make guys miss and try and create explosive plays with his own legs. So, yeah, I'm with Matty. Mush rush. Keep those defensive ends and contain. Force him to sit in the pocket and make throws against this young secondary. I realize the danger that that poses, you know, trying to get communication with this young secondary. But I do think that the risk is, you know, lesser. You know, if you keep him in the pocket, force him to throw, then try and collapse it around him. I actually think this is something that George Karloftis could be pretty good at, honestly, just playing through the tackle and, and contain rush. I actually think this is something that he could be all right at, you know, effort backside to, you know, like I, I think there's a lot, there's a lot to like about him there uh, in, in that regard. But yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be one of the big things is is just trying to contain Kyler as much as you can. You're not going to, you're not going to be a hundred percent um, it's going to be interesting to see what he's able to do with the receivers that he has at his disposal, trying mm -hmm. to, you know, work out a structure and work on at, at, you know, on scramble rules and some of that kind of stuff. And we talk about all these deficiencies in, in the pass catching department. I think one of the things you look at is like this team might run the ball a little bit more. And I mean, they, they're, it, you kind of, you, you think that they're avert, like they might be avert, avert, like they might be averse to running the football, but they actually have, have had some success running the football a little bit at times. Uh, in Cliff Kingsbury's career, I'm kind of fascinated by how the run defense overall is going to be able to play and be able to, you know, hold up because I mean, you've got a little bit of the dual threat stuff, um, which, you know, like, you know, you have to you know, we're gonna get Kyler reading some of that stuff out of the backfield. Um, but I think that I think the Cardinals are going to try to run the football a little bit. I think they don't have a choice. I think they have to find some success on the ground game if they want to, to be in this football game because of the lack of pass catchers continuity body types you know i mean <laughs> orlando or not orlando marquise brown and andy isabella where they they both lining up you know there's some questions there right i mean these are this is not the biggest group aj aj green's just like you know the only big body guy you got to worry about in that in that in that group so i i am fascinated to see you know the run game how how this this front seven looks against the run game i want to see the linebackers flowing i want to see them act you know i want to see them downhill you know nick bolton's in his second year this is a chance for him to you know read and react a little bit quicker i think we obviously saw that in the preseason a little bit too um you know his involvement in the run game so i am i'm monitoring this run defense i want to see the first kind of look in first iteration of this run defense and i think you could see the cardinals maybe run a little bit more than you're anticipating I think the Chiefs run defense in this game is similar to the offensive line for me in that I don't think you're going to get any information as if they're good, but you'll get information as if maybe they're terrible because removing Kyler Murray runs, the Cardinals run the ball decently frequently, just not very well. Chase Edmonds had over five yards per carry last year for them, which is really, really good. 
-hmm. every other running back that's on their roster for this year, because Chase Edmonds isn't, under four yards per carry last year. That includes Daryl Williams, who was behind a better line in Kansas City than what the Cardinals have right now, was at 3.9. That was their best. That's the guy that had their best yards per carry last season going into this one. James Conner, 3.7. You know, Benjamin, 3.5. That's gross. That's bad. They can't run the ball very well. Now, if they come in against Kansas City and they are able to pound the rocks, I think it might be worth trying it, you know. It's a little bit of an air raid influence from Cliff Kingsbury, but that doesn't mean they're going to completely abandon the run. They will run the ball, and especially with Kyler, you have that extra threat. That helps with getting stealing extra gaps and everything. But if they can come in and find success against the Chiefs' run defense, I think that's going to tell you a little bit about the Chiefs' run defense because this is not a great run-blocking offensive line. It's not a great group of running backs. You should be able to hold them to under four yards per carry. If you have a good game, you should be able to hold the running backs, purely the running backs, to around three yards per carry because that happened numerous times last year. So it's kind of like a litmus test of is the run defense average or below? I think is it the most you're going to get from this, and you hope they just come in at average. They just come in and do well enough versus arguably one of the worst running back groups they are going to see all season. I think it's worth noting that during the preseason, um, the Chiefs' run defense is pretty good. It, it it really was good. It was aggressive. They fit downhill really well. Nick Bolton and Willie Gay were flying around the defensive line. Did a pretty good job when they were when they were healthy. You know, there are obviously some guys that are more sub package rushers that they were putting in base downs, and it didn't go well. But Spagnuolo is not going to put those guys in those scenarios. So uh, when you look at it, you you think, okay, there's a lot of positive indicators there. This is just a continuation of that. Nick Bolton is going to get the opportunity to call Cliff Kingsbury will call some exotic stuff. He'll, he'll call some stuff out there. So it's not like it's going to be a basic offense, but the run game itself may be one where he can really tee off a little bit more. We can use his exceptional football IQ where he can position guys correctly and position himself and Willie Gay to be able to get downhill, create more tackles for loss. I think that this is the perfect kind of game to see that side of things, that second level of the defense and how well that they are going to play. If those two come out like a house on fire and they look great, they're making a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage, you can get exceptionally excited about this linebacker core. I know we all are already. I mean, there's lots of people. You're starting to see some of the national media all of a sudden. It's like, actually, I kind of like this linebacker group. So I think that this is a game where if they play a lot more behind the line of scrimmage or making a lot more plays, you're going to see now all of a sudden the, the national narrative shift from the Chiefs linebackers are terrible all the time. They're a major weakness to, holy crap, this is one of the best units in the league. And I think it can happen that quickly. I really do think that it can happen that level of fast. And I, I'm I'm very curious to see how it goes. That could be where the bulk of the run defense that we can take away from this matchup could be coming from. Maddie doesn't speak for me. If you're watching this show, thank you so much. Please feel free to hit the like button. Whoa! Please feel free to hit the subscribe button. I want to see your predictions for, uh, I want to see your score predictions because we're going to be making ours. Tucker might throw a few of you, the score predictions up, leave those in the comments field. Thank y'all so much for watching. Thank you for jumping on at halftime of the game. If you are, I appreciate it. Shout out all y'all. Exactly. That's exactly what I did right there. Uh, Let's go to players to watch on the defensive side of the ball. Gregory, what you got? I'm going with Trent McDuffie. Um, If there's one thing that old Kyler Murray will do, he'll say, F it. There's a receiver down there somewhere, and he'll chuck it up. Now, 
Most of the time, that's been Nuke Hopkins, which that's a very good bet. But when Nuke Hopkins was unavailable, he still tried to do that. It didn't matter who the receiver was. He's still chucking it up there and trying to rely on his guy to go get a 50-50 ball. Now, Matt and Kenton both just mentioned, these receivers are not big. They are not particularly long. They are not going to be a guy that's going to posterize somebody. A.J. Green is, but some of these other guys are not going to posterize a smaller corner over and over and over again. This is a phenomenal matchup for Trent McDuffie in that regard. I think that he's going to have the ability to make plays on the ball. He's not going to have to be going up against a guy that's going to try and post up against him with a whole bunch of length advantage over him. He's going to be able to go toe-to-toe with some of these guys. So I think this is a good coming out party for him. I think this is a good indicator of what we can see and how Steve Spagnuolo is using him against some smaller receivers. And I think he's going to have the chance, because we didn't really see it in the preseason, to actually be thrown at by a quarterback to see how he's going to play the ball. Yeah, just make sure he shadows not A.J. Green, and you'll be fine in terms <laughs> yeah. of size. Just don't let him near A.J. Green, because then it can be a little a little dicey. Um, my player to watch, we mentioned him earlier, uh, George Karloftis. I think, okay, we got to talk about it. You know, Frank Clark, whether it's been dealing with something else or been dealing with an illness, he's missed some practice. If it is, in fact, an illness, you have to start to wonder what kind of shape he's going to be in in week out. And when you start to see a little bit of a reduction in snaps, I think it's clear to everybody that George Karloftis has the most upside, has the most high-end potential as an edge pass rusher right now for the Chiefs. Frank Clark is looks better than he has in years past, but we want to pull the best plays from the defensive ends from the Chiefs all preseason. They've been George Karloftis, not Frank Clark, not Mike Dana, not other people. They've been George Karloftis. So he has the highest ceiling, I think, for the year to have the best-looking or the most efficient pass rush for this team. This is where it starts. You know, it's not the easiest matchup. The Cardinals have an average, if not better, tackles. They have guys that can go out there and play tackle just fine. But George Karloftis, the motor that never ends, the fact that he literally just charges at people and overwhelms them physically by flailing his arms semi-technically, semi-not technically sometimes, and is explosive and strong, it's a lot to deal with. So you want to talk about a guy rushing for contain, he can do that. You want to talk about a guy that's going to give maximum effort every single play, he can do that. My eyes are kind of on Karloftis. This could be a game where he starts. I said one of my biggest things I wanted to see was who's going to be a playmaker. Is Karloftis going to you know inch his way that direction? This could be a game he could do it. I mean, we're talking about a quarterback that's going to extend plays versus a defensive end that never stops trying and cannot celebrate a good play to save his life right now. Like, <laughs> well, who's going to win the battle, right? Who's going to win the battle? The Call of Duty playing kid or the guy who is searching TikTok for new dances just in case he gets a sack? I um, I, we're gonna just clean clean sweep this with rookies, and I think that was probably like a little bit expected because I think we're all anxious and excited to see the rookies play on the defensive side of the ball specifically. Um, I am going with Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams. I am Maddie answering it hardcore. Um, I don't know how much they're gonna play. I don't know. I, I think I think Rashad Fenton's probably the guy that's gonna get opportunities when they have three corners out on the field. But I want to see if Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson sprinkle into this. And I know this is a little bit kind of different than maybe some of the normal, you know, players to watch that we've normally given because we're I'm looking at guys that are impacting the we're normally looking at guys that are going to impact the game. I don't know how much Joshua Williams or Jalen Watson's going to play. I'm curious to see one if they do. I'm curious to see which one of them goes first. And I'm curious to see how they do. And this is kind of a long-term 
kind of a long-term thing I'm looking at today. You know, this isn't necessarily like I think these guys are going to step right in and impact this football game. I'm just I'm this is the most fascinating season in the Patrick Mahomes era for me and I I want to see which one of these two if either of these two get sprinkled in, get opportunities when they get opportunities because I think that's going to say a lot about um you know what they've been able to earn to this point because I don't think the bar is particularly high to clear uh to, to see see time on the field they just got to earn the trust of steve spagnolo all right guys we uh we haven't done this in a while mm. it's uh it's prediction time I what do you mean i predicted it. every single preseason game that's true i did too uh-huh. feels like an old shoe <laughs> <laughs> what sure i'm gonna go first hey, please um, do listen I think that this could have been a more competitive game if the Cardinals were at full strength. I really do. Uh, I, I think Rondell Moore and Nuke Hopkins on this offensive side of the ball and Zach Ertz would could give a young secondary some fits. I think J.J. Watt, Marcus Golden, being healthy, being active, could at least keep this defense going a little bit more, could at least offer a little more resistance, but missing potentially all of those guys, hell, missing DeAndre Hopkins has tilted it yeah. very drastically in the Chiefs' favor for me. So uh, missing all of those guys just makes it a little bit a, a strong lean towards the Chiefs for me. I think this is going to be a fairly comfortable win. I think the Chiefs are going to get up. I think they're going to run the ball. I think maybe you know you might see some guys letting up some stuff against the dime late in the game, but you're going to see a fairly comfortable win. The Chiefs have won every single opener except one under Andy Reid, and that was in 2014, the only time the Chiefs have missed the playoffs and had under 10 wins. They have just done nothing but come out of the gate, firing on all cylinders. I don't expect anything different. I am going Chiefs 31, Cardinals 13. Okay, so I talked about it a lot. There's the Cardinals are dealing with a lot of injuries right now. They got suspensions, they got injuries. This team is not at full health. I don't know if I trust a coach that has had issues in terms of getting always making the right coaching decisions, in terms of getting his guys to always give their best effort coming off of a preseason where not all their guys played. I find it slightly alarming that Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury thinks that Kyler Murray didn't need to play in the preseason and that he's one of those guys that doesn't think some of his stars have to play that much. I just, I get there's some backing to it. And I know others like, you know, uh, Sean McVay have liked that from what I've seen from the Rams. Maybe the starters should have played so far tonight. Um, So I don't trust teams to come into week one and their guys haven't played at all. I trust Andy Reid a lot in week one. The Cardinals don't have a healthy squad right now. Even if they are, I don't think they're talented enough to match up straight up and take the Chiefs on head to head. This is a line when it first came out that I thought the Chiefs were wildly disrespected by how close the spread was initially when it first came out. I think when we first talked about it, we told people to, you know, maybe keep your eyes on that because that was a bet I would take. I'm smashing it. I'm changing my score because Craig, Kent, and I all have very similar scores. We all have the Chiefs scoring 31, so I'm going to say they score 34 because I'm the big offensive guy now. Um, And I'm going to go with the Cardinals with 16. Um, And 16 is a weird number, and here's the thing. Cliff Kingsbury has often been one of the most aggressive coaches in terms of going forward on fourth down, but that doesn't hold true when he's in field goal range. When he's in field goal range, he takes the points. 
They don't go for a lot of fourth down and field goal range. I think you're going to see Cliff Kingsbury make the ultimate mistake that plenty of teams do against the Chiefs. Think a field goal is good enough. Kick a lot of field goals. They don't get a touchdown until the second half. They have a lot of field goals. They end up with 16 points and lose by nearly 20. Wow. That's a big, that's a big one there. Um, I want to welcome everybody to the second act of Patrick Mahomes' career. So, you know, we just we just witnessed the first act of an incredible, incredible, uh, you know, start to a career. But I think this is kind of the pivot point for for him. You know, I think this is the next wave, the next version of the Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs. A lot has changed. Patrick Mahomes is starting to get more expensive. This team is trying to get younger. They're investing more in the draft than they are in, in some big free agent signings. This is a big change to this team. Um, and I. I'm energized by it. I'm fascinated by it. I'm anxious to see it. I'm anxious to see, you know, what this version is. But I, I think people forget who the quarterback of the Chiefs is a little bit <laughs> because we've seen Patrick Mahomes with the worst defense in football wind up hosting the AFC championship game. You know, I, I, I know that this defense is young. And I know that there is a lot of uh, there's a lot of growth that's going to be had between now and the end of the season, but the guy, the the trigger man for this team hasn't changed. And last I checked, there's nobody better. I think this is the year. And I I said I think Patrick Mahomes is winning an MVP this year. I think people are going to be reminded of oh yeah, Michael Jordan's playing in the NFL right now. I think it goes Patrick Mahomes, large gap. Josh Allen, sure, we'll go Josh Allen. Not today. Uh, Not today. If, if you've been watching, but I, I just, I think this is going to be a a reminder to the rest of the, the league. I think this is a chip on the shoulder Mahomes season, and I think it starts great with a fresh face, you know, a, a bunch of fresh faces on the offense offensive side of the ball. I have the Chiefs scoring thirty one points. I have the defense giving up twenty three. One of the touchdowns is late. The Chiefs cover. The Chiefs win Hating by the eight. Hate, unbelievable. Hating. Every week. <laughs> Every week. We'll talk to you after a Chiefs victory on the KCSN postgame show live from Kingdom Bar and Grill. We'll catch you later.